All right, everyone, welcome back to the Loopcast. Today is not a normal Loopcast. Today we have the pleasure of learning from, from Mercer's wisdom and the wisdom from uh, good old St. Joseph. So this episode is going to be a little bit different. Josh basically came to me and it's like, hey, I have an idea for something new we can do specifically for Lent. And I, of course, after pausing naturally, when Josh comes up with ideas, uh, I asked him about it and I thought it was a great one. So uh, Josh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, why you really feel strongly about this consecration to St. Joseph, why we do it now, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have, you know, I'm a father of six kids. And so of course we just had Ash Wednesday and all the kids are like, what are you giving up for Lent? What are you giving up for Lent? And I actually mentioned in Lucas before, I pretty much give up desserts year round with the exception of Fat Tuesday and my kid's birthday. I, I honestly just don't do desserts. But I was telling my daughter, Elizabeth, she's eight years old. She was asking me again this morning, so daddy, what are you giving up for Lent? And I said, actually, it is it is good to have those sacrifices, you know, that we give up every time you want to have a sweet, whether it's pop or Coke or whatever it is that you're giving up. That's good. But I said, actually, what daddy's going to do this Lent is extra prayers to St. Joseph. Uh, you know, he is such a powerful saint and you know, I look up to him as, as, as a father. And I just think those are extra prayers that we can do to kind of make Lent, not this drudgery thing of what am I giving up? How am I denying myself pleasure? That's all good actually. But it's like, it's like a, it's like a spiritual bouquet that you're giving to our Lord. I'm honoring the man that, uh, that the heavenly father picked to, to hold the, the infant King in his arms and it's just kind of a neat thing. I love this consecration of St. Joseph. Um, it was done, uh, it was put together by Father uh, Don Calloway. And I've had the pleasure of meeting him. He's a very good man. And I think this book, there, there have been other devotionals, other consecrations that have been a little bit harder to get into. Um, it just feels a little confusing or whatever. I have to say this consecration of St. Joseph, I got the cover right here. Um my and my, I've gone through it, so it's got a lot of dog ears on the pages, and I've written into it. Um, I don't care what my uh, third grade teacher, English teacher, says. I like to mark <laughs> up my books; they're mine. I can do that. Um, but what's great about this is I find it to be so very accessible, down to earth, easy to understand. You don't need a PhD. You know, this is there are great guys who put together very intensive theological books. Um, if you want to get that PhD or whatever, this is a book that has such great spiritual insights. And I feel every, the average Joe can read this book. So that's why I like it. <laughs> yeah. I love St. Joseph. St. Joseph always had me at uh, terror of demons. Like anytime, anytime someone's going to be called terror demons, like, well, peek up for a second. What's going on here. And uh, I love that there's so much online right now about what a man should be. There's kind of like the alpha male movement, you know, uh, sleep around, don't let women get to you. You know, women are a trap, whatever. And then there's the opposite of like male feminists who have weak spines and, and don't care. And these beta males, right? Exactly. Right. There's like, there's all this conversation about what it should be, but the beauty of our faith is like, we have the perfect example of masculinity, not only in Jesus, but in his father, St. Joseph. So it's, just Oh, I cool want to tee off what you said that. even more so. I think yeah. that's such a great insight, Tom, because the Andrew Tates of the world who are like, I'm a hyper masculine guy and I'm going to sleep with tons of women. 
he he wants to pretend like that is the 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 bookend of the beta male. I'm not a beta male. I'm a tough guy, and I eat meat, and I lift weights, and I sleep with women like crazy. That both of those are false. They're like two images of the wrong side of the, of the coin or whatever. Like they're both the wrong view. In other words, the real hero is someone like a Saint Joseph. It's like it's like thinking uh, someone who has no courage or is a total wimp and won't face up to the demons. Well, the the answer is a, a brute that's just gonna beat the crap out of everybody. It's like no, actually, the real guy is like a Gary Cooper who doesn't want to have to do the right job in High Noon, but he will if he has to. So St. Joseph is that kind of a man who's like, you know, what does he do? He he maintains the purity and holiness. He upholds the dignity of, of Mary. He does whatever he can to protect her sanctity and holiness. He doesn't even think himself worthy enough to be with Mary. That's why he was going to, you know, let her go on his on her way. It wasn't because he thought she was a sinner that was not it at all. He was so convinced, was so holy. I'm not worthy to be with this woman. And then God, through the angels in a dream, tell him, Joseph, you are to take care of this woman and raise this child as your own. This, you know, and, and so Joseph does that. And then he gets in a dream again, right? To flee because King Herod is going to kill every baby in the kingdom. And so he's warned again in a dream. So there's, we talk about so much in this book. Father Calloway talks so many, there's so many insights. And one of them is this devotion to St. Joseph. Uh, there's actually a devotion to him, this, the, a devotion to the sleeping St. Joseph. Because God communicates to Joseph in dreams. And I just find, I like fascinating stuff that we hear about from Joseph. Like um, I, what I like to, to point out about why I love this book so much. There's so many deep insights that are not, like I said, they're still very accessible, but uh, he quotes at, at length here from uh, Pope John the 23rd uh, back in 1961. I thought this was really great insight. Uh, Pope John the 23rd wrote, in the Holy Church's worship, right from the beginning, Jesus, the word of God made man, has enjoyed the adoration that belongs to him incommunicable as the splendor of the substance of his father, a splendor reflected in the glory of his saints. From the earliest times, Mary, his mother, was close behind him. In the pictures in the catacombs and in the basilicas where she was devoutly venerated as the Holy Mother of God. But Joseph, except for some slight sprinkling of references to him here and there in the writings of the fathers of the church for long centuries remained in the background in his characteristic concealment, almost as a decorative figure in the overall picture of the savior's life. It took time for devotion to him to go beyond those passing glances and take root in the hearts of the faithful and then surge forth in the form of special prayers and a profound sense of trusting abandonment. The fervent joy of pouring forth these deepest feelings of the heart in so many impressive ways has been saved for modern times. And I think there's a reason. And Father Calloway gets into it because he shows like this, this devotion to St. Joseph has really kicked into overdrive. It kind of started 150 years ago. Um, he, he writes about how in 1868, Blessed Jean-Joseph Latest 
um, a Dominican, wrote a letter to the blessed uh, Pope Pius IX asking him to declare St. Joseph patron of the universal church. And the next uh, two years later, in fact, the Pope did that, uh, declaring him the patron of the universal church. Then you saw uh, several different orders start in the 1870s. The Josephites, the Congregation of St. Joseph, the Oblates of St. Joseph. Okay, and then in 1879, we get the apparition of that was in Knock, Ireland. And that one wasn't just Jesus, wasn't just Jesus and Mary. It was Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Joseph was at that, as, long, as, as well as John the Apostle. And uh, G, uh, Jesus was shown as the Lamb of God there. Then you get, fast forward a couple more years, the devotion keeps picking up, keeps picking up. One of my favorite popes, Pope Leo the Thirteenth, he beast. wrote, yeah, he was a total beast. Quam quam <laughs> plurius. He wrote an encyclical letter on Saint Joseph, and then fast forward a few more years, Blessed Petra of Saint Joseph begins construction on a shrine to Saint Joseph in Barcelona, Spain. It was consecrated in 1901, and John Paul II beatified her. Uh, this. Uh, Beatified Petra of St. Joseph in 1994, declaring Blessed Petra, Apostle of St. Joseph in the 19th century. So we start seeing these things pick up. Blessed uh, Andre Bessette in Montreal, Canada, begins construction on a humongous oratory dedicated to St. Joseph. Uh, on and on, it picks up. We get the Pope approving in 1909 an official litany of St. Joseph. Um, in 1914, we have the pious union of St. Joseph for the salvation of the dying that is started. Um, I know in Michigan, we have a chapter of that. And we have uh, so, St. Joseph's Cathedral, downtown Detroit. Shout out. Uh, it's Shrine, right? Yeah, it's not Shrine. Cathedral. And, and then again, we get to, here's, here's, I think, one of the big moments of the 20th century. As Catholics, we understand this. The apparitions at Fatima, during the last apparition on October 13th, it is St. Joseph who appears holding the child Jesus and blessing the world. So then 1921, right after, you know, not too far after that, Pope Benedict. Keep going. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love this. <laughs> Pope, Pope Benedict XV inserts, blessed be St. Joseph, her most chaste spouse into those divine prayers. Um, then in 1955, we get Pope Pius XII adding the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker on May 1st. Part of that was to try to counter the wave of communism. Um, then we get in 1962, Pope John XXIII inserting Joseph's name into the canon of the Mass. 1989, Pope John Paul II writes Redemptoris Cusis in an apostolic exhortation on St. Joseph. So it builds and builds. Pope, uh, Pope Francis in 2013 he adds all of the prayers uh, to every consecration, all the Eucharistic prayers. And then in 2020, Father Calloway had made a request and had somebody write it in Spanish, by the way, and sends it to the letter to Pope Francis, like in 2018, 2019, and asks Pope Francis to dedicate 2020 year of St. Joseph. And he did. And boy, that was a crazy year anyway. And so imagine <laughs> how much worse it would have been if we didn't have Joseph coming for us, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, I don't, it would have been the lights out, I think. <laughs> so I just feel like if you're, our reason I wanted to tee off on that Fatima thing is if you remember that uh, Sister Lucia, the, long, the longest living visionary of Fatima, she understood 
Father Calloway makes this point. She understood the seriousness of the times, right? The battle we had going forth in this, you know, which what was the 20th century, right? And we're still reeling in the the wake of this, obviously, right? Um, it, like Pope Leo, right? He had that vision after the, um, you know, at, he had had a dream last night, at one night, and he had a vision of the, uh, uh, um, where the devil was given the choice of what century that he was going to pick to to unleash his the most uh, evil, and it, he got to pick the 20th century. Oh, and so Pope Leo that. was. This is one of those crazy things. So Pope Leo's like, he wakes up and he writes the prayer to Saint uh, to Saint Michael. And he goes, I want this at, recited at the end of every mass. And then, of course, later we're like, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. Well, we assume, so it, it, that's implying that like all the world wars was a product of the devil, pretty much. I mean, if you think about it, we had World War One, just such a tragic war. Yeah. And then, and then the repercussions from that, I mean... Look, I'm not saying Germany was good in World War One, but like France, no, they screw, oh totally, they were they were pressed France, into World War Two. France put the screws on uh, the League of Nations, on Germany, and Germany has hyperinflation, trying to pay off all its debts, and then you, you create an environment where bad things could happen. That doesn't excuse, you know, the the German. People. No, but the, the League make, of the League of Nations was pretty complicit in crushing Germany to the point where desperate. Yeah, so so then you get World War Two. You know, in Fatima, there's all these things like, like, you know, this is what you start thinking about World War II and the massive destruction that we had there, right? And you're like, where was God in all of this? It's easy to say that, right? I mean, you think about Poland being invaded, the bombing of London, millions of Jews being slaughtered, and it's like, it's a classic, God? Um, it's like a classic atheist argument. You know, why would God allow evil to to happen? Exactly, and then after that, you get decades of you know, high stakes, you know, chess between the communist imperialist evil people in the Soviet Union and the United States. So it's this it, with all the proxy wars, you know, Vietnam and, you know, Korea and all that stuff. And so you start to think to yourself, it's easy. It's easy for atheists to come along and say, where was God in all this? Mm -hmm. And I like to say, that's why Fatima was such a big deal. Fatima was like warning us. It's like, you know, Mary is like, Beware of Russia and all the the hijinks that, that are going on there. And she was like, I'm, you know, trying to warn the world to repent and pray and and you know um and, and be humble and realize, you know, this is you know big stakes that we have. And and and, the, and you look at it. Wait, but real quick, if this is just the boys chopping up about history as well, remember in the Cuban Missile Crisis, uh when we went to St. Augustine. And they were talking about how the bishop at the time told the entire state of Florida to pray to Mary to protect Florida from the Cuban Missile Crisis because uh, we they would have been hit. And, of course, you know, they get protected. But uh, that and then another thing that came to mind, the bombing of London. Have you read about um, some of the observations of like after London got bombed by the Germans? People basically just kept going about their lives. And it was almost like the, it's the near miss uh, I forget the name of uh, the near miss not fallacy. There's like a, a philosophy word for it or something, but basically it's like you did your worst and you still didn't break us. Like people in London were still walking right. around going about their lives, everything like that. It's like, you couldn't, we took your worst shot and there's nothing you can do now that scares us. Like people were just in, um, to your point, I think, and, and Fatima comes into play here, but specifically as men, like 
I think prayer throughout history uh, immeasurably Absolutely. protected people and, and good came from that. No doubt. I mean, it just even hearing like the St. Augustine's floor, I didn't even know that, but Fatima is a very well-known um, well, let me tie it together here for you. I mean, I, I love your points on this. I guess what I was trying to say was there, you know, like how could the boys chopping it up? How could God not, you know, if there's a God, then wouldn't he have tried to do something to warn us about this? And in fact, uh, I don't know if I saw it in this book uh, on St. Joseph, but it is true that right before uh, there was this time in the thirties where the Aurora Borealis was so bright so overwhelmingly bright, right? The Northern Lights, you know, Aurora Borealis, yep. that that in London people were calling the fire department because they're like they're they're convinced that the whole city was on fire. It was that bright, and it was like, what is going on? And then right after that, like just not too long after that, what happens? Hitler rolls into Poland. It's like. I do believe God was warning us about stuff like this. Like, hello, like, how can I get your attention? I told you, I sent, uh, I sent our lady, I sent my mother to warn you all about what's going on. And yeah. the world didn't heed those warnings. And we ended up with this mess. But the, the, the good thing about Fatima is to remember is she talked about prayer, praying for Russia and all that stuff. And then you get to the point where, and I'm not trying to get into the whole trad stuff because some trads are like, well, it was the consecration was never done properly. <laughs> Your fight is with the Pope, not with me. <laughs> but I would say this. I remember that. <laughs> when Pope John Paul II did pray for Russia in 1984, I do think it does have some merit because what happened? Within 10 years, there's no Soviet Union anymore. Like, it's gone. And it didn't, It, it there wasn't this cataclysmic World War II-like world war. We had a lot of, you know, skirmishes. Don't get me wrong. Korea, Vietnam, these proxy wars, a lot of men died. I'm not saying it wasn't a big deal, but I'm saying a cataclysmic world war with nuclear weapons did not happen. And praise God. And so yeah. I think to myself, does prayer matter? You better believe it does. I believe it does. That's why I love this stuff. And that's why he was getting at Lucia. Uh, Sister Lucia was one of the visionaries. She lived the longest. And I just love I love it's not like humor, but like the, when you start to understand the viewpoint of heaven, you know, and and uh, uh, the three Fatima children, two um, actually die relatively early and go to heaven. And Lucia's, and, and Mary says to Lucia, "Well, I need you there just a little bit longer." And a little bit longer ends up being another sixty some years. You know, <laughs> like, time just is a little though. bit. So, so in heaven, like a little bit of time, it's like, well, yeah, I guess compared against eternity. And that's the thing we need to have that mindset. Like every once in a while, yeah. we have to recalibrate heaven, eternity. We're talking about a big deal, but so, but she, she wrote, Sister Lucia wrote about with regards to these visions, regards to Fatima, the final battle between the Lord and the kingdom of Satan will be about marriage and the family. And those words might've seemed like kind of weird in 1917 or 1920 or whatever what's going on with that but you and i are living in the wake of this we are completely believe it i mean i grew up in the generation x the the generation where we saw first you know generation above us mass divorce that was yeah. the first of that and and 
you know, again, we saw the proliferation of pornography in ways we couldn't even imagine. And then, and then a, by your generation, it's like Dude, my generation even horrible. more. It's like yeah, drowning it in it for divorce. Like so many of my friends, like around 2008, you know, had major divorce and friend groups and stuff like that. So that was tough. But not even that. It's like, okay, so divorce happens. But if we want to talk about the erosion of societal norms and like deliberate attempts to destroy the nuclear family, very out in the open attempts to destroy the nuclear family. If I have hope because I think that stuff like this, like the St. Joseph consecration, like people are seeing the attacks and having to take stock of like, well, why is this happening? What are they attacking? And then they find out by uh, fruit of that, like, what is the truth? What, what's the best way to live? How can I protect myself? How do I find that? And I think like that this all comes full circle again. You look at St. Joseph, you look at the Virgin Mary, you look at the Holy Family. We have the prototype. We have the archetype of how to live, how to model yourself after a family that stays together, that's in a loving marriage. St. Joseph, protect the family, a silent protector of the family. So if I may, and Josh, I want to keep talking about this, but like the reason I'm actually really happy that we get to do something like this because, uh, you know, thank you to everyone listening and we appreciate you so much. We, we, through merits of creating a show, a regular show based on a regular structure, we don't often get the opportunity to talk, uh, in about things that we do personally or, uh, maybe our spiritual lives as much. And that doesn't mean that it's less important. It just means like, that's kind of how the show developed. And so this is going to be a cool series, I think, an opportunity for us to dig deeper into the spiritual roots that both of our foundation is, especially with St. Joseph as men, um, to hopefully give more of a spiritual perspective than going into Monday and Wednesday or Monday or Monday and Thursday, those episodes, like how we talk about what we talk about. This is always the foundation. This has always been the foundation that then launches us into, okay, why do we think the way that we think about what's going on with uh, foreign policy right now, what's going on in the Senate or what's going on in schools, like what's going on with books. Like, so I'm really happy that you brought this up and I want to now, uh, go over the structure if you can. So th this book, it's, it's a daily, you read something daily and then we're going to be convening on Friday to talk about the week's reading. Correct. So today is the first day we did one day of reading. And if you want to follow around along, you would do a full week of reading and then we're going to have an episode on Friday. So a week from now, and then we'll put these in a series so that if people want to do it going forward, it doesn't really matter when this happens. You'll just have those episodes to use yeah. as a resource. If you get the book, he actually, I mean, not that you can see it that well. I'm not, I'm not, here, I'll, I'll bring you put in here, but like there's a consecration chart here. So the idea is you could decide, Hey, I want to start these prayers. It's 33 days. And um, so like we're doing it today because it's a leap year, uh, February 16th. And we'll lead up the 33 days to the, Solemnity of St. Joseph on March 19. But let's say you run into this video later and you're like, oh, that sounds kind of neat. You don't actually have to do it to a, a, a day that's revolving around St. Joseph. You could just do it any 33 days. But it is kind of neat to be able to do it to a day that leads up to St. Joseph. So that on the day you consecrate yourself to St. Joseph, it might be like the Feast of the Holy, uh, Feast of the Holy Family. It might be the presentation of our Lord. It might be the Solemnity of St. Joseph, like what we're going to have it up to. There's also Our Lady of Fatima. You could do St. Joseph the Worker, May 1st. You know, Can I, can I slow you down? All these kind of things. Uh, what does consecration mean? Like why, why go through this process? Yeah, it's just a way to bring yourself more intimately, um, you know, 
to, you're, you're trying to model yourself and imitate um, the virtues of the saint. My wife has done the consecration to uh, Mary. And, um, it, you know, I think the, the purpose of it is it's just an act of fidelity to, to the saint and, and that saint's virtue. Uh, and I think about the, you know, when you talk about St. Joseph, it's so important because everything in marketing today is about me, 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 me. And a lot of times in any marriage, even a good Christian Catholic marriage or whatever, you still have a thing where like, here's how I see it. And why doesn't my wife understand how I see it? And you, and, and she doesn't understand where, you know, we're going. And of course, you know, God and his wisdom, men and women are very different. And yet we, if we, if we're humble, we can start to understand the, you know, that, that we're actually too, you know, it's, 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 again, it's a mystery, but you start to understand, like, if I can understand it from her point of view, it's like a, it's like the elephant, you know, you come in, there's that story about like these three guys come into a dark room and they, and they touch it and like, what is it? Well, I think this is a hose and I think it's a, a, a broom or whatever. And it turns out they're all pieces of an elephant. It's like, oh, cause you're not seeing the whole picture. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the same thing when it comes to human life. I mean, like there's, there's the masculine way of looking at life. But if you don't understand the feminine, then you're really out to lunch. And I think to myself, as men who are bombarded with temptations, bombarded with, you know, roles, responsibilities, difficult things that we have to do. It's incumbent upon us to try to remember that Jesus Christ, King of Kings, came into the world as a baby infant, infant king. And he said, I, I, he did not come to like rule over us, you know, and, and, and treat us as if we're slaves. He, he, he said his job was to be a servant of servants. And, and that's the model of masculinity. Like so many times women are like, oh, Christianity is chauvinistic where, you know, wives submit to their husbands. Like the they patriarchy. don't understand it. They don't understand it. I'm supposed to model myself after Christ who washes the feet of the apostles. I'm supposed to be a servant of servants. Well, you're not even talking so, about the ultimate sacrifice. Like, and what did Jesus do? He gave up his life, right? His and life so Joseph is, is modeled after Jesus as well. Of course, he's modeled after our Heavenly Father. So Joseph, in his humility, doesn't get a, a word in edgewise in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. Right? Simon King. Yeah, thanks. So, I mean, I just think to myself, Joseph is a man of total humility and and. If I could be 1% of, of his virtue, uh, it would be transformative. And if we could have a million men acting like Joseph, how much Next. better would our culture be? So, yep. yep. And we want, yeah, we want that, that prayerfulness and blessing on the podcast too. It's important that we have a spiritual foundation and, and grace for the work that we have to do here. So all around great. Hopefully we could share it with you guys. So today we did day one. And there's prayers at the end of day one. So did you and have day any... one? He talks more about that. He says, right. Like, did you want to like, just why... go over what we're yeah, talking we'll do about? The prayers one one second, but and I... then we'll do the prayers. Yeah. So what yeah, happened so the day, day one? Yeah. So the day one, I mean, basically, again, this is where Father Callaway just goes through and says, why do we consecrate the St. Joseph? You know, you want to entrust yourself to the paternal care of St. Joseph. St. Bernard of Clairvaux explains how it works. He writes, who and in what manner of man this blessed Joseph was, you may conjecture from the name by which a dispensation being allowed, he deserved to be so honored 
as to be believed and to be called the father, right, of God, you may conjecture it by his very name, which being interpreted means increase, Joseph. St. Joseph, the increaser. His paternal love for you and the power to increase the presence of God in your life and take you to greater heights. Um, that is Joseph in a nutshell. I mean, he is there. In a, we got to start with a quote up top too. You know, when God wishes to raise a soul to greater heights, He unites it to Saint Joseph by giving it a strong love for the good Saint Saint Peter, Julian, and Mard. Right, and of course, all better than that. All and as Father writes in here, all children resemble their parents, and so you're a child of Saint Joseph. It's you true. need to resemble him. It's that simple. Amen. So, at this point. We're going to pray the litany of St. Joseph, and then there is a Veni Sancte Spiritus, come Holy Spirit, at the end of that. So, uh, Josh, I guess we're just going to play a little uh, <laughs> back and forth here if you want to. I love um, it. I love this. Thing. I, I mean, litanies are great. All right. So, I'll start. Should I? I'll read the left side. You read the right side. Go for it, brother. All right. Let's rip it. All right. In the name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Christ hear us. Christ graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Noble offspring of David, pray for us. Light of the patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the mother of God, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the son of God, pray for us. Zealous defender of Christ, pray for us. Head of the holy family, pray for us. Joseph most just, pray for us. Joseph most chaste, pray for us. Joseph most prudent, Pray for us. Joseph most courageous. Pray for us. Joseph most obedient. Pray for us. Joseph most faithful. Pray for us. Mirror of patience. Pray for us. Lover of poverty. Pray for us. Model of workmen. Pray for us. Glory of domestic life. Pray for us. Guardian of virgins. Pray for us. Pillar of families. Pray for us. Comfort of the afflicted. Pray for us. Hope of the sick. Pray for us. Patron of the dying. Pray for us. Terror of demons. Pray for us. Protector of the Holy Church. Pray for us. All right. So now I'm going to run into the. Ah, uh, we got more. Wait, what? Next page. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Pray for us. Spare us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins oh. of the world. Graciously hear us, O Lord. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. He has made him Lord of his household and prince over all his possessions. Let us pray, O God, in your loving providence, ch chose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother. Grant us the favor of having him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector. You who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Now that's my bad. I forgot to I, I forgot to send <laughs> yeah. you the second page. So yeah, you left me out to dry there. Yeah. Don't 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 give Tom grief for that. That's on me. 
Uh, okay. Tom ordered the book, but it didn't come in time for the recording. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going off screenshots. Uh, okay, so we're gonna go into the the Veni. Is there another page to the Sancte Spiritus that I need to see? Or hey, look, it's early in the morning. I had two cups of Joe, <laughs> but I'm not perfect. So okay, wait. So then you pr- you should probably actually should, I should tell you about my prayers to Saint Joseph and why it mattered. You know, did I ever tell you this? I don't know. Um. Yeah, and there's a second page for that too. So yeah, you're probably gonna have to read that one off. <laughs> um, before I start the second prayer, like you know, when Catholic Boat started back in the day, you know, 19 years ago, whatever, um, the three of us, um, Joseph, Sala, Brian, and I, um, and there was a time where we're we're scrappy and we're working hard, and and money ran out, and so I had to stop working and I started doing other stuff, and um, I. I was working hard at my wife's Catholic bookstore and that also wasn't paying the bills. And I just said, out of humility, I, I'm not too proud. Um, I said to my wife tomorrow, um, I'll just go to Office Depot or something like that and just get a job stocking shelves. I don't care what it takes. Whatever it takes, I'm going to make sure I can provide for this family. Uh, if the Catholic vote thing doesn't work out or the Catholic bookstore doesn't work out, that's fine, you know? And the next day as I get up, I'm about to go, you know, into uh, apply for that job. I get a phone call. And uh, Brian says, uh, we need you and we're ready to go. And I have been continually working for Catholic ever since. <laughs> yes, dude. Let's go. <laughs> now, did I, did, I, did I make a specific morning prayer to St. Joseph necessarily? I don't know, but I've always prayed to St. Joseph asking him, uh, you know, he's the worker, St. Joseph the worker. So that's always been yeah. close to my heart. And so I give him credit for it, whether I pray to it or not. So thank you, yeah. Joseph. That, that sincerity is so key though. Cause it's like, you could go through all the technical proper prayers or whatever, but if you don't have that sincerity of heart, it's going to be meaningless anyway. So that humility and sincerity is huge. Thank you for sharing that. That's really awesome. I've had definitely had moments in my I'll life t- like that as well. I'll have to go. There's another prayer invocation I did to Joseph. I'm going to have to save that for another time, but it, it'll, It'll give you shivers down your spine, but uh, we'll move on to this next prayer. Veni Sanctus Spiritus, which is come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, send down those beams, which sweetly flow in silent streams from thy bright throne above. O come, thou father of the poor. O come, thou source of all our store. Come fill our hearts with love. O thou, O comforters the best. O thou, the soul's delightful guest. The pilgrim sweet relief. Rest art thou in our toil, most sweet. Refreshment in the noonday heat and solace in our grief. O blessed light of thy thou art, fill thy light, thy inmost heart of those who hope in thee. Without thy Godhead, nothing can have any price or worth in man. Nothing can harmless be. Lord, wash our sinful stains away. Refresh from heaven our barden, uh, barren clay, our wounds and our bruises heal. To thy sweet yoke our stiff necks bow, warm with thy fire our hearts of snow, our wandering feet recall. Grant to thy faithful dearest Lord, whose only hope is thy sure word, the sevenfold gifts of grace. Grant in us life thy grace that we in peace may die and ever be in joy before thy face. Amen. Alleluia, which we're allowed to say in this prayer, even though it's Lent. (laughs) (laughs) 
Is that it? That is that is it. And Amen. here's the thing. Name of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. So, guys, you know, as as uh, Tom said, you know, Consecration St. Joseph, get it at any Catholic bookstore, uh, even from you know, that other place that you buy stuff online. I don't want to <laughs> say their name. And if you have someone send you screenshots, make sure they send you all the screenshots uh, in order to make all the prayers. So, I know. I got to do penance for that now, don't I? <laughs> yeah. St. Joseph, pray for us. We're praying for all you guys in the podcast. We're with you here in the spirit of Lent. Uh, appreciate you all so much. Uh, and I think a lot of fruit is going to come from this consecration. Josh, any sign off for the, for the people here? I would just say, you know, go to Joseph. Let's get after it. Simple as that. All right.